Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. So let's see, do we want to talk about, we'll just talk, yeah, let's just talk about uh, the world burning. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like a soap opera. Yeah. But you know what the world's not doing? It's not turning. I mean, it is technically turning. <laughs> But the world, the world is burning, everybody. The that world is. is burning. There's uh, how many wars going on? It's tough to keep track. Okay, so there. We got ISIS in Iraq. Uh-huh. We got Syria. That's still happening. Yep. We got uh, Israel and Palestine. Mm-hmm. We got the Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. And um, Canadians and Mexicans are starting to exchange words, too. <laughs> you know, I've heard that. The Canadian-Mexican war. That's the next on the horizon. Yeah. And with the U.S. caught in the middle. The U.S. caught in the middle of a beef between Mexico and Canada. <laughs> that would be a fantastic family feud to overhear. <laughs> and now they took, my, they took my syrup. No, senor. They, you took my syrup. No, senor. Where's the maple? No, <laughs> oh, you took my churros. I put syrup on it. <laughs> that sounds yummy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Churros and syrup. Um, let's discuss. So basically what's happening in... Uh, let's start with Israel and Palestine. That's the freshest new war out there. That's the hottest babe in the war game out there right now. It is definitely the hottest war. It's definitely the one that's on everybody's lips. My God. And uh, I'm going to say it. Israel is winning. <laughs> they are destroying them. If we're going by this total is like, stats. This is yes. like when Germany played Brazil in the World Cup and they beat them 7-1. to one. It's uh, 500 dead Palestinians, a couple of uh, 180, roughly 200 of those Palestinians are children and women, uh, innocent uh, civilians, to compare to 25 dead Israelis. But the way that the media covers uh. it is you would every death... Uh, on the Israeli side, they pretend as if that person, it, they pretend as if it's LeBron James. <laughs> they pretend like it's the biggest deal. Israel can't live without uh, whatever soldier or individual died. But when it comes down to the Palestinian deaths, I mean, they're just a bunch of uh, Luke Longley's, <laughs> who was the third string center for the Chicago Bulls in 1995. But you know what? We all know his name. 
We all do. Luke Longley. <laughs> so I Googled... A basketball references there. I Googled uh, Gaza Strip just to see what the up-to-the-minute news was on it right before we started. Right. And the first thing that came up was a headline from foxnews.com. And that headline is, Kerry pushes ceasefire for Gaza Strip as Israeli soldier reported missing. Ah, uh, Israeli soldier. One. He probably just went the way of Bo Bergdahl. <laughs> he probably just went for a long walk, and they're like, we haven't seen Schlem in four hours. Where could he be? He's stuffing, he's stuffing his face full of hummus at some bizarre diner, having a great first date. He's just busy. Carrie's over there. He went down with... Um, Bunky Moon. Uh, <laughs> I love Bunky Moon. Everyone loves Bunky Moon. Oh, can't get enough of the Bunky Moon. Secretary General of the United Nations, Bunky yeah. Moon. Well, he, was, he had a little slip up going back to the uh, World Cup uh, conversation. He had a little slip up there when the Germans beat Brazil. He did. Yeah, he said Hitler would be happy. <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, no, we've been trying to forget that the Germans were related to Hitler uh, at all. Yeah. You know, we just want to forget that entire piece of German history so we can celebrate. You know, a big win over the Brazilians, but mm. of course he brought Hitler up. I still and, think it's uh, a Nazi plot. Sure, it's a Nazi plot. Of course, it's a Nazi plot. Why not? Everything the Germans do <laughs> is a Nazi plot. I've Mark, got proof that it's a well, Nazi okay, plot. Okay, what's your proof? You've been sitting on a lot. You got a lot of different theories going on right now in your brain. What's your Nazi theory when it comes down to the uh, Brazilian uh, World Cup? All right, so we know that. Dr. Mengele escaped the clutches of the Americans and the Russians in World War II. We don't know that. Well, we're pretty damn sure. Okay. We don't some know people that he, think that. Some people think let's that. Let's assume that you, let's, for the case, <laughs> for your theory, we will give you that. Let us, please. Mengele escaped. Because he's a, he's a doctor and he's an yeah. old fella, so they're yeah. so wily and quick in the woods. <laughs> And so he escapes to Brazil and or Argentina. Okay. So he's down in Brazil. And of course, as we all know from the wonderful Steve Gutenberg film, The Boys from Brazil, mm, yes. Dr. Mangala in Brazil worked on cloning Hitler for years and years and years and years. However, huh. the movie... Usually is you think about cloning attractive people. <laughs> you know, uh, you imagine cloning Hitler. Yeah. The baby comes out with that mustache, <laughs> just hails with his little baby hands. Be like, I think we've cloned the Hitler. And of course, the movie, that's fiction. Sure, like, yes. That's false. Like, that's not true. Well, but it's got the Gutenberg. <laughs> I mean, he's not the star of a lot of documentary features, you know. But that doesn't mean that Dr. Mangula was not at least working on a Hitler clone uh, formula down in Brazil. Right. So, at this point... Clone technology is not up to snuff. This would so, be the 60s. This is going to be the 60s. Yeah, 60 to 70s. Yeah. So, like, I, and I'm saying he probably worked on this up until the 70s. So mm -hmm. the 70s come around. He abandons the clone project. He starts on a new soccer project. A he, soccer project. He starts. So he went from the Holocaust. Yeah. Experimenting on uh, Jewish prisoners. Then he went to the clone uh, business. He went into cloning. It's all for the Reich. And then he went into soccer. It's This is all for the fatherland, Ben. Oh, I see. Okay. This is all for the fatherland to return the Third Reich to glory. Uh-huh. So what he does is he genetically engineers soccer players but installs a kill switch inside their heads. You watched Naked Gun. <laughs> this is the plot. This is what they did. This is what the fake queen... Uh, this is what the, the evil guy did in Naked Gun to have Reggie Jackson kill the queen. No, no, no. This happened at birth. 
This is something they're genetically engineered for, mm-hmm. but he still has the kill switch. Sure, if you need to equate so it to all naked the guns, US football, all the German, I'm sorry, not oh, US, no, all the no, German no. football players currently have kill switches in their head? No, all the Brazilian football players have kill switches in their heads because mm. you see, Germany comes across Brazil, and of course, this is happening in Brazil. This is Mengele's home turf. So he's able to have complete and total control over this entire thing. So Mm -hmm. the Brazilian soccer team goes up against the German soccer team. Right. The kill switch gets flipped. The Brazilian team completely loses their shit. They get beat 7-1 to in that game, which brings German nationalism back to the forefront, which catapults them into a World Cup victory, which means that German nationalism is at an all-time high. You know what else is at an all-time high? Clone research. The Hitler clones go back into production, so 30 years from now, we're going to have another Hitler in the seat of Germany. Germany's highest form of government. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like he would, you know, he's been in Brazil for so long, according to this theory. I feel like he wouldn't want to embarrass the home country, the host country in this case as well. Nah. He, I don't think that he would want him to lose seven to one, maybe three to two. No, you've got to have. Why wouldn't he make it a good game? Because you must have Blitzkrieg, Ben. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Underreported story. That's an underreported FIFA story. You don't hear that in the mainstream media. It's extremely under... Personally, I can't believe I'm the only one who sees it, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... You know what? That's not shocking. That's that's not that shocking. But I like... It's a a fine... It's technically a thought. And you worked really hard on it. I mean, it's sort of like when a kid shows you a Play-Doh... I made a turd. And you're like, well, that's a good creative turd. You did. You smushed up that Play-Doh, and it looks like a dookie. Good, I, I good spent, job, kid. I spent like a whole 20 minutes thinking about it. That's a, that's too much time. <laughs> I would go with 19 and a half minutes and then lose the idea. No, I think there's some there's something to it. Um, and, you know, it's not any more misinformed than a lot of the media today when it comes down to a... Um, Reporting on the conflicts that are going on across the world. As a God matter knows. of fact, there's been a few reports because, of course, uh, you know, the United States and Israel, we have a very tight connection. We really love each other. And, uh, and that, of course, when governments like uh, one another, it trickles down to the mainstream media, mm. and the media then also is forced to choose the side that the government chooses when it comes to their relationships. A couple of reporters... They made a little bit of a blooper. Mm -hmm. They made a bit of an error because they said, I want to report some truth. And then you're going to get fired. Yes, you are. There was a woman. She was on a mountain and uh, a large hill, rather. And uh, she was hanging out with some Israelis there. And they were they were it reminded me of back in the day, Wrigley Field. Uh, the Cubs, of course, where the Chicago Cubbies play. And uh, there's a bunch of apartment buildings all around Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And you can go on to the rooftops of these apartment buildings and watch the game. Yeah. I believe Major League Baseball has cracked down on it because people are having too much fun. <laughs> and Major League Baseball said, this is the chewing tobacco sport. No smiles needed here, guys. Everyone's <laughs> teeth are all messed up. They were watching the bombing, the shells, 
that is, uh, Israel was throwing on to uh, Gaza Strip. Um, and they were watching it very, very similarly to how somebody would watch a Cubs game from uh, from the roof of a nearby apartment building, and they were laughing. They were having a great time. Yeah. It was like a it was like a drive-in movie theater, and that movie uh, was was showing um, you know what what's the, what's the hottest the Lego Movie. <laughs> I love that Lego Movie. By the way, if you haven't seen the Lego Movie, check it out. That's it's great stuff. I'll go see it. It's kid friendly too. You rarely, rarely, rarely uh, do you get a movie that a six year old or a sixty six year old <laughs> could like. But the Lego Movie definitely is one of those feature films. So basically, this woman is reporting about the these uh, the actions of the individuals as they're watching just a bunch of kids getting killed, yeah. and a bunch of elderly people getting killed. And you know, to their credit, probably a couple of people that you wanted to see get killed too. Probably. Um, and and they were also sort of razzing this female reporter a little bit of sexist, mm. a little sexism uh, going on up there on the mountaintop. As you can assume, um, if you go see a, uh, a live um, American football game, the uh, testosterone's high, the machismo is is through the roof, and that's simulated war. <laughs> so you can imagine how much testosterone is in the air when men actually watch real war and they can smell the fumes of bombs going off and actually see the blood flying through the sky. She tweets out, um, she said, Israelis on hill above Starat cheer as bombs land on hashtag Gaza, threaten to, quote, destroy our car if I say a word wrong, scum. Scum. Yeah. And you know what? That was the word she said wrong. That was the word that got her fired mm-hmm. from this position. Not fired, but taken off. Removed. Removed yeah. from the, uh, from the uh, battle. That is the definition of scum. Is laughing. What's the German term for it? For, fortune schlager, something uh, uh, like that. Fraudenschoid. 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 Fraud. Schadenfreude. 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 Yes, that that is That's taking the, pleasure in the pain and suffering of right. others. And this is the definition of it. Yes, it is. I don't know how the Germans ever got so strong. They, they got bubbly words. Schadenfreude. <laughs> Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah. What if I say like Schadenfreude? That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, German. Yeah, yeah you, you can either oompa gest- loompa it, or you can yeah, or you can mangle it. Yeah. <laughs> That's one. That's uh, those are the two options. I prefer a good oompa loompa German sound. But it's, then you could also detalaser it. Ooh, Schadenfreude. That's great. Yeah, thank scary you. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Scary there's, stuff. There's a lot of scary Germans out there. You can make German pretty scary pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. You know what they're trying to do is make them seem nice. That's real hard to do. Yeah. That's a whole different kind of game. So this chick is going to, she's gone, no longer reporting there from mm-hmm. the war zone because she accurately described the actions of some really terrible people watching the demise of some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came a day after NBC they pulled another journalist. His name was Ayman uh, Mayeldin, uh, and he witnessed Israelis killing four Palestinian boys on a beach. What uh, were they doing? They were playing soccer. They were playing soccer. Yeah, and he was playing soccer with them, uh, and uh, a naval gunboat uh, struck seven children out of the, the entire mm-hmm. team, uh, killing four of them. Right. And the guy witnessed it firsthand. His uh, tweets were four Palestinian kids killed in a single Israeli airstrike. Minutes before they were killed by our hotel, I was kicking a ball with them. Uh, another one says, Mutak Bezier, one of the boys who survived Israeli shelling, was shaking with a broken arm, bloodshot eyes. Says he saw three of his friends killed. 
Uh, the four boys killed in Israeli's Gaza seaport shelling were from the same family. All were first cousins from the Baker family, nine to eleven years old. And as nine to eleven years old, nine to eleven. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't even. They're too small for a suicide vest. <laughs> they don't even. They don't make. They don't make any apparel that would even allow these kids to be uh, terrorists. No, absolutely not. And soon after, he uh, made those tweets and was reporting on it. And this guy is one of the. One of the most well-respected yeah. journalists working in the Middle East And all right he now. did, again, was was tweet out an accurate thing that happened Tw- that he yes. saw. Tweet out, I saw this thing with my own eyes. So there's no way that you can be like, oh, that ju- that journalist is just taking some real creative license, and he's editorializing. Mm-mm. It's like, no, he just saw it. He saw it. It is a fact. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Very soon afterwards, uh, an NBC uh, pulled him from Gaza. Because the, it went... It went uh, out of line with the narrative mm-hmm. that we desperately need to have if we want to yeah. still maintain an overall love of Israel in this country. Yeah. And I, I, Israel deserves to have a state. Hamas and Hezbollah, uh, uh, you know, Hezbollah, of course, um, you know, anyone in Palestine um, who hates Israel and they want Israel wiped off the face of the planet, there's certainly those people out there. Yeah. And they're total lunatics. Um, but Israel has a thing which is just. I don't think people fully understand how amazingly cool the Israeli space air defense system is. Oh, yeah. Nine out of ten rockets just get shot down. I mean, this is something that Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, discussed in the early Star 80s. Wars. And people were like, I think the Alzheimer's is ticking in. I think it's kicking in. He's, yeah. he's losing his brain. He watched a movie recently, and he thought it was like a real-life thing. And oh, I think we got to... Maybe we shouldn't have him talk anymore. All right, well, hollow him out and make him a puppet. <laughs> Can anyone do the voice of a ragging? <sighs> My fellow American. That's fine. We'll just right. we'll tell him he got a cold. Right, fellow Americans. That'll work just fine. Not a big deal. Yeah. I got the job. Yeah, well, you by, by default, you're the only one that wants to stick your hand up into a cadaver <laughs> that was recently alive. Uh, but their air defense the system, man, the dome does not mess around. No. It's really phenomenal and of course um the, the you know Hamas and these people they do not have anything remotely close to that as a matter of fact they go with a little bit more of a primitive way of uh, defense and that is uh, you rocks. know put, it's rocks but it's also <laughs> and you know they got their mortar shells and yeah, they are, yeah, yeah. They, you know it's not well hell they the Afghanis were able to beat the Russians, you know, with some of the worst guns around that we yeah. gave them. Yeah, you know, we yeah. we helped them out, but we kind of gave them some slingshots and stuff. Mm. Um, I think we gave them the uh, the tennis ball gun from American Gladiators <laughs> as well. I think that's what the uh, Afghanistan uh, Afghanis used to beat the Russians back in the day. Take down a plane, you know. <laughs> Take down nitro as well or laser. <laughs> Great American Gladiators. If you if you haven't seen it, YouTube American Gladiators early nineties. You'll be happy. some of the hottest homoerotic stuff you could ever imagine. <laughs> but they have to use they they do a um, a tactic. The Palestinians and Hamas they use a tactic that is much poorer, and that is putting all of their military um, arsenal and, and most of their military personnel surrounded by uh, you know residential areas. Yeah. So naturally, of course, you're going to have an extremely high civilian casualty, and a high population of innocent people are going to be killed. And Israelis, uh, you know, their bottom line is just like, well, can't help it. That's where they are. At yeah. the same time, you know. Maybe send in some ground troops. 
Just shoot the people with guns. Maybe don't shoot a bunch of kids playing soccer on the beach. Yeah. Maybe don't nice. just cheer watching uh, a bunch of people get killed because you just, you know, dare I say it, I think I said it on the last episode, willy-nilly. We got some willy-willy, willy-nilly wars going on. <laughs> you know, be a little bit more specific if you could. Yeah. And they say, and the Israelis say that they give warning to areas the, before and they, they bomb. And they do. However. But not that much. However, And not only is the warning not all that long, Hamas is also telling uh, the Palestinians that these warnings are psychological warfare. Sure, and and you know, it's interesting because the dome, this is on the Israeli side, because the dome is so good and so mm. effective, um, they'll hear like, yeah, yeah, we're incoming fire. And one of the... Uh, the first Israeli to die. At this point, the war, I believe it was 195 or 250, something like that. Uh, Palestinians had been killed. And then one Israeli died. That was it. And then yeah. the headlines were like, there's blood on both sides now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but there's a different amount of volume of blood. One could fill up a, an Olympic-sized pool, yeah. and the other one maybe a kiddie pool. <laughs> maybe maybe enough blood to splash on an alligator run, and you can get down without scraping up your nipples. Maybe. So it was, yeah, technically blood on both sides. Yeah. But a, a slight difference in the amount of said blood. Um, but a lot of the, but this, the, that was the thing with this guy who got killed in uh, Israel. It was actually sort of his fault. They gave the warning, and he was like, "Ah, we got the, we got that old dome. We got the <laughs> dome thing. We're fine. I'll be totally fine." Uh, unfortunately, one of the missiles got through, and he was a victim of it. Um, but it is, it's interesting. And the Obama administration, you know, sending all they want to do is have this ceasefire. And again, mm-hmm. like we talked about, obviously it was a, it was a very local analogy with you and your ex girlfriend who was a Jewish gal. They're just Israeli they're, gal. Israeli, yeah, yeah, which is different than, yeah, I, than but, Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Israeli is definitely different from American Jewish. Israeli is a nationality. It's more than just a religion. I mean, it's a whole a philosophy and their military. I mean, she was in the military for a couple of years, right? Did she, no, did she was. Two, she never served. No, she never no, served. No, but no, most. No. Uh, if you're in Israel, oh, you have yeah. to do your two years yeah, or whatever. Her it might dad be. was from Israel. Okay, yeah, they do have a point, and they do have a right to defend themselves. I just at some point, at some point, you got to stop the fight. You know, yeah. at some point, it's like, um, it's like that kid. I love this story. I hate this story, but I also kind of love this story. I know what you mean. That 18 year old boy who was caught molesting the 11 year old, uh, well, 18 year old, I guess, man, yeah. technically, yeah, yeah, new, new to uh, being a man. Um, was molesting the 11 year old boy his father walked the boys the 11 year old boy's father walked in and that was um wow yeah that was one hell of a beatdown beat him almost to death it looked like uh it looked like Mike Tyson punching a flower <laughs> like that dude was so google the image if you haven't seen it uh, it's it's all over the internet and of course the father's not going to be charged but at some point the father stopped punching you know yeah. obviously he was like okay a crime's been committed I'm going to get I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy he's going to go to prison and his life is going to be miserable forever well the reason why uh, he stopped punching him is cuz the kid convinced him to stop why? How did he... His son convinced Oh, his son him. Did. Yeah, his son said, stop beating the man who's been molesting me for the past five years. Right. So at that point, you realize you've probably beat the guy enough. Yeah. yeah Once yeah, the yeah. victim is like, okay, I enjoyed the first 15 minutes, <laughs> but these past three, I'm getting sick. I'm yeah. getting a little bit sick. I'm sure the little boy acted much like the people uh, on the mountaintop watching Gaza Strip get beat up initially. He was like, yeah, go, Dad. Yeah. Kick his ass, Dad. It's like, oh, and then at the end, you're kind of like, oh, this is really serious. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Just call the police now, you yeah. know. Let's get some peace back. Um 
So when they, so the idea that uh, the Obama administration is constantly pushing is the ceasefire, but that one death was enough motivation. The way that you know Fox News handles it, the way that the media handles it in Israel is just. Uh, it's just a very, it's very one-sided reporting. And again, I, you know, we need Israel. I understand Israel is a good ally, and I think they've helped us out a lot with, uh, with Middle Eastern peace. But then again, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of situations like this where we sort of, it's sort of like having your friend, who has, you know, Steve's a great guy to hang out with. But I'm telling you, 15 shots in. <laughs> Always got to be like, okay, ceasefire. Yeah, yeah. Steve, stop punching everybody at the bar, please. We got to go. We got to get out of here. Mm. And at this point, I feel like Israel is about 15 shots in. Yeah. And I think they're drunk off power enough, and I think they could probably chill out uh, ever so slightly. But speaking of different media outlets, of course, we got the Ukrainian plane or the Malaysian plane that was shot down over Ukraine. Um, Putin. Vladimir Putin. <laughs> uh, of course, Russia runs Channel One over there, and their news media. That would, be, if you're a creative, and they and you don't live in a country that has Mad Magazine or The <laughs> Onion, working for working for a government funded news media, you got to learn how to spin, yeah. and you got to learn how to be really light on your feet and improvise with the truth. And they have been coming up with some great, mm-hmm. some. Truly hilarious because they're so asinine, um, so asinine what they're saying are the possible uh, other things that could have happened to this Malaysian flight. One of my favorites is the official government line that, you know, um, but just a bunch of cadavers. <laughs> the plane, yeah, that 298 people, now those are all dead. No, so they, they, they died last week. Is based on the theory, are, <laughs> so are zombies flying the plane? Do they have two, or at least two people dead then? Who flew? What corpse <laughs> took over the wheel? Well, no, you're wrong. All these people have been dead weeks. Uh, so it's a zombie oh. pilot then. Mm. Okay, and then also, who's what poor schmuck's job was it to put them all in the plane? <laughs> you got 298 cadavers, and do you put them in seats, or do you just throw them around? What do all these I cadavers mean, need to carry all these stuffed animals around for? Where'd they all come from? <laughs> you know, how also first of all, transporting stuffed animals. Yeah. Where do you get 298? I mean, I know it's Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, their prison system doesn't make ours look uh, well. Ours looks, ours look. We're on par with that. That's yeah. really that's another Cold War race that nobody talks about. How brutal we can be to our prisoners, and uh, it's always neck and neck with us and the Russians. I love that though. They're already all dead, which makes. I mean, that is that is just. Real, what what would be the point of that? Yeah. Why but, would anybody? What would be the message? I mean, but how do you get them on the plane? You just fucking just stack. one guy just puppeteers him on the plane. <laughs> stack like them like cordwood, like those disgusting uh, Time Warner uh, cable commercials. Have you seen those? No. Oh my god, the children are all puppets, and the one is the wife is a puppet, and uh, the whole thing is about how he wants to get rid of wires. And then you're like, you don't think I'm pretty because I have wires? And it's like, whatever fan, whatever sort of uh, disgusting sexual fetish the guy came up with that uh, ad campaign has. Uh, he sounds, he seems Russian. <laughs> he seems, yeah. So that's a great one that they're just cadavers and they just flew down. Of course, they were described as uh, as if uh, you know. Of course, when the Giants won the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl, the ticker tack parades that go on. That's mm-hmm. what that's what it was described as. Yeah. Just uh, uh, paper sized um, human beings falling and just kind of waving in the wind there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other line that Putin has. 
which is fantastic, is that the Ukrainian government shot down the Malaysian plane to then frame the Russian government. Um, so then I guess they can get more military support from uh, foreign allies and uh, from the U.S., which, again, that's just a roundabout way of doing it. <laughs> You know, you could also just, if you're the, the, and I saw the interview with the Ukrainian president. I know politicians are all full of lies and, uh, you know, and they they do whatever they have to do in order to get elected and they do whatever they have to do to convince the the public of whatever country they're, uh, they are um, leading. Uh, You know, they do whatever they have to do to convince them that they're right. But this Ukrainian guy, I mean, the president, he literally seems like he needs a hug like he was so as cold as obama was during the press conference about this uh, malaysian plane mm-hmm. he was warm it was like the guy was just heartbroken and he's like he's taking all of my land and you're like oh fat kid <laughs> it's like when you were you know it's like when the lunchable came out in middle school and everyone was stealing everybody else's mind oh my god don't even get me started there was a fella who would take all my ringed baloney oh love that ringed baloney one loves ringed baloney it was fantastic and he just took all your meat and left you the cheese and the crackers I'd imagine yeah that's probably someone else just stole the cheese I was just left with some <laughs> crackers and some milk and then, of course, the dessert Lunchable came out, and that was a whole other kind of war. The snack pack. I think the Gaza Strip is bad. There was a <laughs> fight over that dessert in those snack packs. Absolutely ridiculous. But this, the Ukrainian president, I, I don't know his name, uh, but he was acting like a middle school kid who just had his Lunchable stolen from him. I mean, just devastated. And, uh, and then you have, compare that with Putin, who pretty much, him and Dick Cheney, have the exact same sense of humor. Oh, they yeah. love this. Him, Dick Cheney, and the uh, and the morons that were watching uh, Israel bomb the Gaza Strip on the on the uh, on the hilltop. Yeah, they just couldn't get enough of it. Putin can't stop smiling. I mean, <laughs> it looks like he got hit with that gas that the Joker was spraying on everybody in the '89 version of Batman. Brand, yeah, X. Brand X, yeah. Now this is what uh, Putin said uh, about the entire situation. He said, "No one has the right to use this tragedy for any kind of vested interest in the political sense. Such incidents should unite people rather than separate them." He, God, this man, he's he's invading another country <laughs> right now. Yeah. He is locking up gay people in his in his country by the hundreds. Invite in, invading another country, locking up gays. Anyone who doesn't like the government gets locked up. Just murdering people, just whenever, yeah. whenever he feels like it. I mean, just Cold War tactics. And this is how insane and perverted his brain is. Maybe let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this was him attempting to extend an olive branch. Finally, at this point. And he's like, yeah, this is going to make us all come together. I'm going to kill 298 people on a plane. <laughs> That's what's going to make the Ukrainians and the Russian people come together. A mass, a mass casualty. <laughs> oh, I think that's a great idea, Putin. Um, but number, this was just a thought that I was thinking as well. Um Maybe a dinner? <laughs> Do you want to have maybe people over for dinner? Or maybe like a public, uh, maybe a public event, like a, a carnival? See, that could bring people together, a parade? No, no I think we're going to go with blowing up 298 <laughs> people uh, in a plane. That's going to really unite the, yeah. uh, the people around us. It's like the end of Watchmen. 
Right. Yeah, when Ozymandias goes, puts the fucking big uh, vagina lizard out in the middle of New York City to bring everybody in the world together. Against to kill one a, common enemy. Yeah, has to kill a few million people to do it. Sure. But he does it. I would love to see more of... Um Des Moines, Iowa destroyed in Marvel movies. <laughs> God, New York has had enough. Oh. I, I, it's funny because once you, we'll get back on this. Uh, of course, well, I mean, it's a similar uh, theme of destruction. All these action movies, once you live in New York for a long enough time, you start to cringe during these final scenes because they just destroy millions of lives, number one. Yeah. And then the infrastructure is just, that's going to take 50, 60 years to get back. Yeah. And you're looking at it like, man, I'm not going to be able to take the train to Union Square for like Ever. another two years. And Superman doesn't, he's not doing construction. <laughs> they never well, want it. The only one who does it is the Flash. The fl Oh, he would be great. The Flash comes in and he likes to clean up after himself. The Flash. Yeah, that's why people think he's one of the lamer ones. Uh, that's why he's my favorite one. But I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that, too. The Flash would have been used, uh, would have been uh, definitely uh, used heavily by Mr. Putin and the uh, and the uh, the rebels over there when it came to cleaning up the, uh, the Malaysian plane. They could have used a Flash. Yeah, they could Because have. they were down there quickly. They were looting. And they were... They were like... It was... They... Like... When this plane went down, first of all, we'll talk about the idiots that is the surface-to-air missile, the morons that were operating this thing. Uh, I mean, it's just phenomenal. These are local yokels. These are just rural. It's like if the people, I think I mentioned Hills Have Eyes in the last episode, but we'll mention them again. If they had a surface-to-air missile, <laughs> this is what happens. Anytime, like the, the guys from, uh, you know, the last house on the, uh, on the left, you know, any of these morons, you give them, uh, you know, artillery like this, Nothing right is going to happen. There yeah. is no possible positive outcome. No. So they, so basically, they just treated this plane and the people on it like a Malaysian pinata, and then they were like, "Oh, we blew up the plane. Let's go get our candy." And they ran down as if it was a thrift store falling on them, <laughs> and they just went looting. They took a bunch of cash. They took everything they could, and of course, in a serious note, they took the black boxes, mm -hmm. um, which they did recover those though. They got them, but yeah. who knows if they were able to tamper with them. I can't imagine these people were, are smart enough to be able to tamper with the black box, but you never know. I don't know how difficult that is to do, so yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't speak to that as I can speak to everything else. And not only that. And only that, once they started sending out people to clean everything right. up, they didn't they even were, send them out. They just ran out there. <laughs> they were drunk. Yeah. They were that's wasted. How they, that's how they shot the plane down in the first place. <laughs> of course they were drunk. Yes, yeah, surface-to-air missiles and vodka, they don't mix. Mm -mm. That makes drinking and driving look like a, a wonderful thing to do. Drinking and driving compared to drinking and surface-to-air missiling. Mm -mm. Nah, I'd rather Neither are good. Yeah, but I'd rather take my chances with uh, having to deal with some drunk drivers and some drunk people with a huge piece of artillery that could take down a full plane. So that story is just uh, phenomenal. And the whole time, you're uh, really, again, like we talked about on the last episode, looking for some leadership. And uh, Obama, he's been busy. He's got three fundraisers to do this week. And again, I don't, you know, I feel like it's so easy to just uh, say that he's MIA and um, all these, uh, you know, say he he isn't leading. Um but it's so easy because he's MIA and he isn't leading. All he is—he doesn't have to be at the White House. I don't care if he's at the White House. I, you know, in this day and age, he could be at a could be at a goddamn Denny's, as far as I'm concerned. But give a speech to the American people and let Putin know he talked to Putin, and it was just Putin doesn't care no. what Obama says. I mean, this is truly this is the this is the nerd and the bully. 
You know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the nerd might be smarter, but the bully is going to win in this situation. And uh, so he's got his three fundraisers. He's got he's he's on a West Coast tour oh, yeah. to raise money for all the Democrats, which is just it's just it never ends. Yeah, he's it never in, ends. He's in Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Right. Uh, so he's, he's really going into those um, those areas where people don't like him. He's really trying to change <laughs> public opinion about him. Seattle. Uh-huh. That's like if I go into a big and tall store. But you know what? Sometimes I walk into a sometimes I walk into a Hollister. Yeah. And I just let him know. I say, Hollister clothes? I know they don't fit me, but let me try some on. <laughs> we'll try to relate to each other, you know? These are thirty two thousand dollar a plate dinners. Thirty two thousand grand. This yeah. is the man that's for the poor. This is the guy right now we have, you know. 40,000-plus people uh, on welfare. All he does is talk about um, wealth distribution and, uh, you know, the unbelievable... the the tragedy of uh, of the uh, you know difference between uh, classes and this is the guy going to a thirty two thousand dollar a plate dinner yeah. to fundraise for the Democratic Party it's bullshit everything he says is bullshit when it comes down to uh, any of the uh, the wealth war- warfare the uh, economic wa- uh, warfare argument. It's all bullshit, and this is this is why. Yeah, the uh, the highlight of the trip is in Beverly Hills. Uh, on and I Wednesday. swear to God, I bet you these bastards are so cheap. It's probably yeah. like Little Caesars. <laughs> you know, I want to pretend like I'm. Mean, I'm sure it's good food, but there is thirty two grand a plate. Also, how small is your dick? Yeah, you know how 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 fragile is your ego? You want to get that close to Obama, and you're gonna pay thirty two grand. He doesn't like you. <laughs> he doesn't like you. He paid thirty two grand. Mm-hmm. There's, no, I wouldn't do a plate of food for thirty-two grand, yep. and just they, to just to hear somebody drone on about something that he's going to tell the next group the exact same thing. Where's this? Where's the? Uh, where's one of them? It's at the home of Shonda Rhimes, who is the producer of the ABC series Scandal. So he's going to the producer's house of Scandal. Mm-hmm. I heard it's a good show. So, oh yeah, 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 right, yeah. Scandal is a very good show, from what I hear. Yeah, and this uh, this gal's career is relatively good. Yeah, she's uh, done a lot of stuff. She uh, created, uh, was the head writer of, and the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy. Love Grey's Anatomy, huge show. Yeah. Uh, also, was the screenwriter uh-huh. for the two thousand and one. Britney Spears movie, Crossroads. Love that movie. <laughs> Which, by the way, was very panned by critics, but grossed $60 million worldwide. Just like Obama. That's exactly what... That is like literally exactly what's happening right now with Obama. He's going to this woman's house being panned by the entire world, and he's going to make about $60 bucks on this three-day uh, three tour. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. Yeah. He really is. They call him the celebrity in chief. And to some degree, there's no doubt about it. He's living a Britney Spears lifestyle right now. Yep. Yeah, this so this whole time, and this is that's what's so bizarre. It's just so offensive. Yeah. If you, if you're, you know, I think we had one American was on the uh, Malaysian plane, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though a lot of the uh, news outlets tried saying at some point it was high, as many as twenty five. Right. But if they would have made the, if they would make the uh, as big of a deal as they do when one Israeli dies uh, in the uh, in the Gaza conflict as they do when one American dies uh, in the Ukraine Russian conflict, I think 
you know, there would be a lot more heat on Obama to, you know, do something. Mm-hmm. No, but he's just fundraising during this election cycle. He's attended 73 fundraising events for Democratic Party 70, groups. And he, you know, there's no way he wants to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't imagine any human. Fundraising is the worst thing. I mean, that is, it's obvious prostitution by definition. Yeah. Um, you have to whore yourself out there in front of a bunch of schmucks who have enough money and, um, a little ego enough to spend $32,000 on a plate of food, which is just, I mean, you know what I would do? I'd say, I'd give you, I'll give you a grand. I'll sneak in my own food. <laughs> I'll do what I do at the movie theaters. I'll sneak in my own whiskey. I won't touch a damn thing. I won't even have an asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> now, a, uh, at this point in his presidency, uh, Obama is officially tied with George Bush mm. as far as how many fundraisers George Bush went to in it his entire presidency. Got two and a half more years to go. Yeah. Well, George Bush, he was much more, his whole thing was vacation days. Yeah. He, he was played more golf than any president yeah. in history. Really? Oh, he loves that mm. golf. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know Bush had what the most uh, vacation days taken by a president. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I know Obama loves the golf, but Can't get enough Bush of it. loved the uh, going down to Crawford. That was his whole thing. Well, he's got to go renew his Texas uh, Texas accent. <laughs> he's got to go back to the place where he learned it because he didn't learn it from birth. Because I believe he's born in Connecticut. Connecticut, yeah. not a native Texan, <laughs> not at all. And I will maintain that fact until the day I die. Speaking of W. Bush, I'll tell you him, and I, I actually think Joe Biden. Uh, he Joe Joe comes out. I like Joe in a lot of ways. Um, he's a little bit more hardlined when it comes to Putin, and he's certainly more hardlined than W was when he initially met uh, Mr. Putin. Of course, this was right after Putin took office. We weren't really sure what uh, he was all about. We should have read the fact he was in the KGB. <laughs> he's KGB. He's not nice. Bad guy. Bad guy. Bad guy. Alert. But, there was a picture but, of him. Boring fucking holes with his eyes into the back of Reagan's head. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, he's intense. He plays, when he yeah. was a fucking secret agent. Mm. Oh man, he's intense. And of course, he also yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure if he had stolen Robert Kraft, uh, Robert Kraft Super Bowl ring yet. That's the owner of the New England Patriots, uh, the <laughs> New England Patriots. And Robert Kraft went over there. He was wearing a Super Bowl ring. And I'm not sure if Putin has done this before. Or after he met W for the first time, he's like, "Nice ring." And then Kraft gave it to him. And he just took it. He just pocketed it, uh, but didn't even attempt to make it seem like a trick. He just put it right in there. Yeah. So when, 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 uh, of course, it's very famous when, when Bush looked into his soul and you know whatever saw saw. He, he, he said, "I looked him. I looked the man in the eye. I found him to be very straightforward and trustworthy, and we had a very good dialogue. I was able to get a sense of his soul. He's a man deeply committed to his country and the best interests of his country, and I appreciate very much the frank dialogue. And that's the beginning of a very constructive relationship." Okay, so he Joe looked, Biden, yeah, on the other not hand. Not the same reaction when looking into the man's eyes. <laughs> he said that he recently toured Putin's office in the Kremlin, and Biden said, I had an interpreter, and when he was showing me his office, I said, it's amazing what capitalism will do, won't it? A magnificent office. And he laughed. As I turned, Biden said, I was this close to him, mm-hmm. saying they were just inches apart. Right. And he looked in his eyes, and he said, I said, Mr. Prime Minister... I'm looking in your eyes, and I don't think you have a soul. Yeah. And he looked back at me, and he smiled, and he said, we understand one another. And then he laughed. And then he left. That's the th- <laughs> Again, his, his sense of humor is all wrong. <laughs> 
You would almost think that Biden would be a little bit hesitant to say something like that. Yeah. Turns out, loved it. <laughs> Putin couldn't get enough of the guy. Oh, tell me more about how I don't have a soul. I'm a total monster. I'm a megalomaniac. I'm a serial killer and a sociopath. I think that's your funniest routine yet, Joe. <laughs> I love it. Putin is just, you say something bad about him that anybody else in the entire world would be like, I should, I should really self-evaluate. Maybe I am being a bad person. <laughs> maybe I am being too mean and uh, too harsh to my friends. And even the people that I don't like, maybe I should try to forgive. And then Putin's just like, <laughs> yes, perfect. You've nailed me. You know me too well, Joe. Yeah, if you want to see some of those looks, just Google Putin smiling. Oh, you want to see his smiles? My his smile. He, his, yeah. Whenever Putin's smiling, that means his brain is full of a million sad faces. Yeah. Nothing about this man. He never smiles at anything that's good. No. It's not possible. Oh, my God. The whole damn... So much going on. And, of course, we have the immigration crisis, but we talked about that extensively on the last episode. Yeah. Nothing's really changed with that. Um, Rick Perry, again, he pretty much just admitted that he wanted the National Guard to come down here for our little war, um, but he just wanted that because it would be a good visual. Mm-hmm. And he just said that. So he just, he that's just our, He's just too Texan. The major, the major land conflict in the U.S. right now, the assault, the... Uh, what do they keep on calling it? Uh, I hate... Incursion? The... the uh, the, um, invasion? The invasion, yeah, all these terms. In the invasion is what Russia did uh, with Crimea and the Ukraine. An assault is what Israel is doing uh, in Palestine and in the Gaza Strip. And what we have is just a bunch of people who are going to get more um, middle school and high school chefs hired. Because there's just going to need to be a couple of more kids fed. You know, it's really in the grand scheme of things when you use terminology like invasion, attack, under siege, it's kids. Yeah. It's kids and maybe some snot-nosed teenagers. We'll figure it out. In the grand scheme of... Th- we're, as far as violence goes, we're doing relatively well. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, of course, ISIS and Iraq and all that. <laughs> oh, that whole the, the, other the old ways, third dude. one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my uh. God. Well, either way, we got to hang in there. It's going to be fine at some point. And uh, don't fly Malaysian Airlines. I'm going to say that. Number Mm-mm. one, doesn't have a great year. Not a great. This Malaysian Airlines, like, year in review conference that they have at the Holiday Inn is going to be a rough one. You know, guys, we didn't exactly nail it in 2014 with the missing plane in the ocean and then the plane that got exploded over the Ukraine. But, I, well, I, there's no place to go but up in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I am, huh, wow, the only places I can actually book a flight on Malaysia Airlines is within Australia. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm going to go from Melbourne to... Jakarta, and how much is that going to be? Well, well let's say it's got to be leave, di- it's got to be a discount, right? I'm gonna leave tomorrow. Yeah, and then let's say I'm gonna spend a week in Jakarta. Sure, let's find a flight, one adult, economy or business. Let's do economy. Come yeah. on, we're the everyman here. <laughs> find flights. Let's see here. Said bookings and by the yeah. way, Malaysia Airlines, they have a, a very large graphic up at the front of the page that said our deepest condolences to the families and friends of all the people lost. Yeah, they've been sending a lot of condolence cards this year. Huh. 
$486.83. That's a steal. <laughs> that is actually a steal at any price right yeah, there. From That's Australia cool. to Indonesia, 486 bucks. Traveling, leaving tomorrow? That's amazing. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Malaysian Airlines, cheap prices. Your plane might not land, <laughs> um, but cheap prices. So, yeah, it's, it might be worth the risk. And what are the odds? What are the odds they lose three, three. in a year? <laughs> three in a year. <laughs> three in a year. Just fast forward to two months from now. What are the Aussie lose 15 in a year? Is it possible? I don't think so. Nah. Um, all right, everyone. That's Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm Ben Kissel on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, email the show. And thank you for the person who put the uh, Louis Gomert as Yellow Bastard yeah. on the last podcast on the left page. Uh, that's very, very nice of you. Yeah, I think I, that was uh, Felder Snatch. Felder Snatch. Yeah. I don't know if you can legally say that if we were <laughs> if we were under the FCC rules. I don't know if Felder Snatch could be allowed, but perhaps. Um, and of course, yeah. So the next episode will be out tomorrow, and that's where we interview the uh, arresting officer for the Central Park Five. So, and email us at uh, cavecomedyradio at gmail dot com. Uh, all right, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.